The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. It is Thursday, August 24th, 2023, and it is indeed a heck of a morning. We are live on the MMA Fighting Twitter spaces. I'm still not going to say X. I'm never going to say X. And you can hear the show in its entire the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network shortly thereafter. I am Mike Cat. Hope everyone's having a fantastic week. I still, I, I believe, at least I am, still feeling the... I guess hangover effects of UFC 292 in Boston and Sean O'Malley's title win and everybody and their brother and sister and cousin all calling for a title shot against Sean O'Malley. A lot of questions about where Aljamain Sterling goes from here. There's just a ton going on. PFL had their playoff card last night. We got one of the best fights of the year between Clay Collard and Shane Burgos which was won by Clay Collard. Incredible fight. A lot of people saying it's the fight of the year. Eh, it's up there. It's good. Like, it's a damn good fight. I ain't here to sit here and tell you that it's not. Uh, but to just come flat out and be confident that that was fight of the year, eh, not so sure about that. But it's really, really good. Might be in the top five at the end of the year. I think when we look back upon it, like we look back on it about a week later, Top seven, which is still really good because there's been some damn good fights this year. Uh, but I could not watch PFL Live. I just couldn't do it to myself. It's just too long. Need a little sleepy eye. It was a long week last week. And I just can't stay up for 14 and a half hours to watch a PFL event. I can't do it. Uh, but I did wake up, went to Twitter. Everyone was talking about how good that Collard Burgos fight was. So 
I watched it early this morning, and it lived up to the hype. No doubt about that. But the UFC is back in Singapore on Saturday, early morning MMA, just the way we like it. Main event for that card, Max Holloway versus the Korean Zombie. Great card. Sneaky good, flying under the radar, especially coming off of UFC 292. So we have a lot to talk about. So we'll take some calls. We're going to go for about 40 or so minutes. Very busy day, a lot going on. We do a BTL today at 12.30 Eastern time. It's going to be Jed and I answering your questions the entire time. So while this is an early start time and this is going to be your normal hour and 15-minute show, I'll make up for it on the back end with Jed and I answering your BTL questions. There's just a lot happening. There's going to be a third show being recorded today, uh, and I think you guys are going to dig it. So I'm going to save that. For another time, but let's get to you all and get this party started. We'll begin with Toke, which means he's got takes, he's got thoughts. If he's the first one in line, Toke, what's up? <laughs> you know me too well. Um, but yeah, firstly, I want to say it's so good to see one of the good guys in the sport get to the PFL finals, Mr. Clay Collard. What a guy! What a fight! I I'm amazed. It was incredible. And uh, other than that, I want to talk about not the UFC Singapore event, not the past event that we had with Sugar Sean O'Malley. I want to talk about the lawsuit. So what's the development that happened is quite amazing. This uh, that the court case might already take place in March or April next year. I know that the UFC is going to appeal this up the wazoo and all that stuff but that we actually get, we might actually hit the ground running here and actually get some development, which is insane. And uh, I watched uh, Eric McGracken's uh, video on it. He's a great guy. Go follow him on all socials. The video that he put up about uh, what might be, what they want to have revealed in the case or like uh, publicized, um, made public, sorry, I my English sometimes. Um, it's just amazing. Like text threads from managers. This might be cataclysmic to the entire manager business in the UFC. And the UFC itself might see huge changes as well. So if you could uh, kind of elaborate on what consequences this can have for MMA managers and for the UFC itself, uh, I would like to hear it. Uh, thanks, Mike. I mean, I, I'd love to give you expert analysis on that, but I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. And to say I'm surprised by any of this would just not be accurate. I, I would not, I'm not surprised about it at all. This is, is kind of – if you really, like, look into it and you really kind of see what's happening – it's very clear that some managers get and their rosters get a little bit more of a boost than others. I think that's pretty clear. I'm not saying anything that's crazy because it's just the way that it is. All you have to do is just kind of see what's happening. Right? So how this will all play out once these are all made public, I guess it all depends on what these texts say and what will actually be revealed. And it could get real ugly, man. It could get real ugly. And, 
you know, from conversations I've had with, with managers in the past about how some managers in this business have screwed them over and things of that nature and some of the, the, the things that happen. And I'll say this. I was a – like, I feel like I'm a pretty positive presence in this space. I, I, am I like, yay, everything's great all the time? No. Was I at one time? I was pretty close to that. Like, before AK was deemed the prince of positivity – I think I was the prince of positivity in this space. And then once I got to MMA fighting and I got to talk to more people and learn more about the business, I realized that I ain't going to be a curmudgeon about it, but I just can't be everything's hunky-dory anymore because now I got to peek inside the curtain a little bit. I got to understand what this business is really like. And while I want to be the positive guy and I want to sit there and just applaud everything, I just can't. And learning about this business has been part of it. And I think we get some backlash about this. And I, I've talked to Brian Campbell about this from Morning Combat a million times. How we'll talk about the UFC and we'll talk about certain things. And people think we just hate the UFC. And when Luke and BC talk about it, They'll see comments. They'll get messages from people like, oh, you sound just like the MMA fighting people. You just hate the UFC. That's not true. It's just not true. We see more than most people see. We have conversations with people that most people don't. So when it comes down to certain things, we have opinions on stuff. It doesn't mean we hate the UFC. It just means they ain't as clean cut as you think they are. And... Once this trial starts, once this goes before a judge and all this stuff is made public, I think especially some of the newer fans, the one who are so, ones who are so boisterous and say we hate the UFC and that we're negative and don't read articles but only read headlines, I think these people are going to be like, holy shit, I was not prepared for that. And I think that day is coming, ladies and gentlemen. And Tok, you're right. This thing is going to get appealed a billion times. And if this appeal that the UFC currently has gets denied, then like you said, we are off and running with this thing and it's not going to, it's, there won't be much delay. So the judge who is just like, I'm ready to go. I've seen everything I need to see. Let's go. I didn't see that coming. I thought we were going to be delayed on this for a while. Now, could we still be delayed on this for a while? Of course. The UFC has a floppity jillion dollars. They can appeal this a thousand times over if they want to. They have nothing but money and nothing but time. So I am curious to see when this will actually start. But to have a judge rule and say, I've seen everything I need to see. Let's just get this thing rolling. That's huge. That's huge. So I know I've been paying more attention to the suit, not as much as I would like, but I'm going to look into it a little bit more and try to get more smart, more, uh, more over with all of this. But get ready, everybody. If you're a newer fan and you're like, oh, the UFC's perfect, you're about to get a rude freaking awakening, I think. So be prepared. Four-ounce sniper, Hello. Maybe. We got the Wheel of Doom. The Wheel of Doom is upon us. 
Unfortunately, it uh, doesn't look like we're going to get four on Sniper, at least not right now. So lines are open, everybody, so hop on in if you got things to talk about. Uh, this Saturday, just talking about that UFC Singapore card, sneaky, sneaky good card. I believe we started 5 a.m. Eastern, which I love. Love that so much. Trying to figure out if we're going to do a people's pre-fight show. I might just roll solo on that. Max Holloway, Korean Zombie, which is expected to be Zombie's final fight. We got Anthony Smith versus Ryan Span 2. The return of Giga Chikadze. We haven't seen Giga fight since Calvin Cater put the wood to him in January of last year. He's back against Bruce Leroy, Alex Caceres. Really interesting fight. I'm very curious to see what Giga looks like after the long layoff. We got very exciting fighter, fighter Rinya Nakamura versus Fernie Garcia. That fight is just going to be... Absolutely insane. Huge fight at 125. Aaron Blanchfield versus Tyler Santos. Massive, massive, massive fight. It's a head start fight for this division because they're in Paris next week. And that's when we get the Rose Nami Yunus, Man and Fioro fight. So Aaron Blanchfield or Tyler Santos get a chance to get a nice head start on the competition. Try to get themselves a title fight against the winner of Alexa Grasso versus Valentina Shevchenko, which is coming up a couple weeks after that. The people's main event, Junior Tafa fighting Paca Porta. Let's go. We get Waldo Cortez Acosta, Lucas Bresky, Toshiomi Kazama versus Garrett Armfield. That fight is going to be freaking crazy. Chidi and Jokowani versus Miguel Olegzaychuk. Speaking of crazy fights, that is going to also be a crazy fight. Rolando Bedoya, Kanan Song, Yusako Kinoshita versus... New Englander, Billy Goff, Na Liang versus J.D. Aldrich, Young Wu Choi versus Jarno Aarons. This, this is a fun one. Like, this is a fun card. I know no one's really talking about it because we're still in the aftermath of, of UFC 292, but golly, man. This is going to be a fun watch. So go to bed early on Friday night, like super early. Go to bed like 7 a.m. Cole, what's up, buddy? Good morning, Mike. I know it's not free-for-all Friday, but I'm here in beautiful Minnesota this Thursday. Today is the beginning of the wonderful, the best state fair in the history of the world, the Minnesota State Fair. I'm just wondering, what is your experience with your local scene with, like, state fairs in Massachusetts and such? Um, have you ever gone to a legit one, like Texas or Minnesota? Uh just, yeah, what are your thoughts? And what, what's the same fair scene been in your life since you were a kid? That's all I got. Yeah, I was going to say, you saying that the Minnesota State Fair is the, is the greatest state fair in all of state fairs. Uh, Texas is calling you right now, and they think you're out of your mind. I have been to the Texas one a couple of times. It's insane. And coincidentally enough, both times I went to the Texas State Fair, it was the day that Texas and Oklahoma played each other at that at the cotton bowl out there and boy, is that a wild time get to eat all sorts of crazy food and fried Oreos and walk around. And then you see a bunch of drunk college students getting in fights everywhere. So yeah, those are some crazy times. Massachusetts were more of like, Hey, this movie theater parking lot is getting this small carnival. That's kind of what it's like in mass. We do get the tops field fair which is like 45 minutes outside of Boston going towards New Hampshire. And that's a good time. I always like the Topsfield Fair. But yeah, Texas is just on a, 
is in a league of its own. Now, I've ever been in the Minnesota one, but I assume Texas is just kind of going crazy when it comes to that. I would say Minnesota is probably very good, but probably not where Texas is. So, yeah, and that's good for the kids too, you know, being a dad, taking them to see the animals and stuff, get to see cows and pigs sleeping everywhere, and it's, it's a good time. You just get to eat like an absolute champion. It's 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 awesome. Get some good rides. I hate the friggin' spinny rides, man. There's that one ride where it's like a it's like a spaceship, and you go inside and it spins around super fast, and you stick to the wall. Fucking hate that ride, man. That ride just kills me. All those spinny ones. Put me on a roller coaster that drops a zillion feet. My hands are in the air. Love and life. You put me on anything that spins, I just don't get the stomach for it anymore. Used to, but those days are long gone. Boron Sniper, do we have you? Can you hear me? Yes. There we go. Hey, heck of a morning, Mike. Uh, just real quick for you, I just want to ask you, uh, for this weekend's card, how would you appeal to the casual audience that maybe doesn't tune in, but like once a month? Uh, what would you say is i guess must watch tv for this weekend's card and are you going to be up at 4 a.m to watch this card that's all mike yeah damn right i am i'll be up before hopefully i can find a dunkin donuts that's open that early i don't think i will though unfortunately when we get a coffee i'm gonna take a shower maybe we'll do the people's pre-fight show at 4 30 a.m and we're gonna watch the fights and I'm very excited about that. And it's going to be done by, like, 1. By the time we wrap the post-fight show up, it's going to be, like, 2 p.m. We have the whole day ahead of us. I love it. Absolutely love it. I might even mess around and record on to the next one on Saturday, too. And just do that. Because I'm super excited about the early day MMA. How do we appeal to the casual audience? Um, maybe Max Holloway is probably the easy answer. And then... Because Max is kind of a crossover guy. Most people in the gaming industry know who Max is. He isn't quite past the mom test like Sean O'Malley does, but he's pretty close. And then for those people who say, oh, who's this guy fighting? You say, he's fighting a guy named the Korean zombie. That's going to get him going. There's not a lot of casual – outside of Max, there's not a ton of casual appeal here. Like I – I can go to the grocery store and be like, oh, yeah, you ready to see Giga Chikadze fight? They're going to be like, who the hell is that? I could say Anthony Smith or Ryan Spann. They're not going to know who either of those people are. Aaron Blanchfield, Tyler Santos, same thing. Paco Porter, they might line up and ask you Paco Porter questions because that man's over like Rover. But th there's probably not a ton of casual appeal to this. This is, this is an us card. This is an us card, and this is a really good us card. This is not an apex card. This was not... Sean Strickland, Abus Magomedov. This is a much better card than that. This is probably a much better card than UFC Nashville, if we're being honest. That was kind of like a two-fight, three-fight card. This is like, this whole main card, at least the last five fights, and Junior Tafa Pacaport is going to be fun because we, we always make these fights kind of fun. But that whole main card is really good. It's a solid main card. And outside of probably the heavyweight fight and maybe the Nakamura-Fernie Garcia fight, which is going to be an absolute banger, the, the other four main card fights all have stakes to them. Holloway, Zombie, maybe not so to, – to some extent, maybe not so much, but they're, 
it's at least there's a storyline attached, right? Zombies final fight, tons of respect between these guys. Smith and Spam, there's a lot on the line here. Like, there's a ton on the line in that fight, especially for Anthony Smith. He loses again. He loses to Ryan Spam. He's in a really, really tough spot. Giga, Bruce Leroy, there's a lot there in this featherweight division. And then, of course, the Blanchfield-Santos fight. There is a ton of stakes on that one. So I like good matchups as much as the next guy. I like exciting fights. I like fights that can be bangers on paper as much as the next person. But if I'm going to sit around for six hours and watch fights, I want these. I want something on the line here. Not just, well, you get the second half of your money. I want a long-term story with this. Like, where does this person go? Where does this person go? I like when a card ends and we can think about on to the next one and not have to throw darts at the wall. And none of us are wrong. This card has that. And I'm very excited for it. This should be a fun one. This is one of the better fight night cards I've had this year, in my opinion. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. CV, hello. Hey, Mike Kekko, good morning. Um, I want to talk about the, the women's uh, flyweight fight between Santos and Blanchfield. Um, does the winner get the title shot? And I know there's another flyweight fight next week between Fioro and Nama Yunus. And I know the logical answer is just wait for all these fights to like play out. But um, just your thoughts on those two fights and what it could mean for the title picture at flyweight. Thanks. It's a tough question. Like you said, you, and you prefaced it perfectly. It's very tough to think about. I think Aaron Blanchfield is going to be the champion for years and years. I, like, you've heard me say it a million times. I think she is the uncrowned champion of this division. She is going to get her shot. And she's going to win, and then she's just going to reign. It's going to be a reign of terror because 
she's already good enough right now to be the best flyweight in the world. And the scary thing about Aaron Blanchfield is she is nowhere near as good as she's going to be. And that is terrifying. I think she's got to beat Tyler Santos. I think Tyler Santos is a really good fighter. She gave Valentina Shevchenko the business. I still think Shevchenko won that fight. But Aaron Blanchfield is a nightmare matchup for everybody. And here's the thing about Aaron Blanchfield that she was kind of lacking early on in her career. She has confidence up the wazoo right now. And she didn't really have that in Invicta. She's still very good. And she's like, she felt like she was a good fighter. But you could see it in her face right now that she knows her time has come, that her time is here. And I think she got to beat Tyler Santos. And I don't even think this fight's going to be all that competitive. I'm just that high on her. The problem Aaron Blanchfield is going to run into is that next week's fight is not just a fight between two flyweights. It's a fight that includes Rose Namajunas, who is one of the biggest stars in the UFC. Not just for women, just one of the star- biggest stars in the company. And if Rose Namajunas beats Manon Fioro, which I don't know if she's gonna, she's definitely getting a title shot. There's no doubt about it. She is getting a title shot. Now, I think Aaron Blanchfield has played this pretty well. She said that she's happy to just get the winner of that fight. And that may very well be what happens. If Manon Fioro wins, beating Rose is cool, but I think there's more merit to beating Tyler Santos than beating Rose Namajunas, who's coming up for her first fight after losing the title to Carlos Sparza in just one of the worst fights we've ever seen. So, but like we've talked about a million times, that doesn't matter. It comes down to name value and what can do better. But if Rose wins, if Rose, if Aaron Blanchfield beats Tyler Santos in 25 seconds and like elbows her into an oblivion, leaves Tyler Santos a bloody mess in the center of the octagon, and Rose Namajunas squeaks out a split decision win over Man and Fioro next weekend. Rose Namajunas is getting the title shot, and that's it. Now, if Alexa Grasso loses to Valentina Shevchenko, could we get a trilogy? Sure. But I kind of feel like even if that happens and Rose wins, they're going to do Rose Valentina. There is a part of the UFC that, in my mind, in my opinion, that is hoping that's the fight they can make before Valentina rides off into the sunset, before both of them ride off into the sunset. I talked to Rose last year, and she said, I want to move up. She said, I want to put on some size and put on some muscle. And I said, does that mean you're going to move to 125? She said, do the math. She's interested in the Valentina Shevchenko fight. She wants it. She doesn't have a lot of challenges left. But her getting in there with Valentina Shevchenko... I think that's something Rose really wants. And I think there's a part of the UFC brass that's like, man, I kind of hope this happens. If it doesn't, they'll be fine. This division will move forward. But we could be living in a world where we get a Valentina Shevchenko versus Rose Namajunas title fight, which is wild. So, yes, to answer your question, if Rose wins, all bets are off. Fourth official, hello. Uh, hey, I was just going back to the uh, Holloway fight um, with Zombie. Look, because of the nature of the fight, the two fighters, um, it most likely will be a lot of striking and it will be entertaining in case it isn't. What do you think is like the next best thing for any new casuals coming in like to watch for the weekend? What do you mean? Like fight-wise or 
Yeah, like fight wise, because obviously the two are very easy to follow. Like Holloway has a YouTube channel, so it's quite easy for new fans to get in and figure out his personality. Zombie has a really great career behind him that's really admirable, and it's a great watch through if you go back through like documentaries and stuff but um in terms of just fighting in general if it does end up being kind of a little bit underwhelming um which it has the potential to be i doubt it will be but like you never say never really but um what do you think is like the next best fight of the card hmm it depends on how you look at it. Like to me, the most, even more interesting than the main event is the Blanchfield Santos fight. That is the most. That is the most. That is the fight I have the most interest in on this entire card. Is the Blanchfield Santos fight? But the casual audience, they're gonna be like, "What? Who? Why?" So I guess if I'm gonna push a casual viewer towards this card, and it, and I'm not pushing him towards Max. Probably towards the Giga Caceres fight, and more so because of Caceres and the Bruce Leroy persona and his story. Because his story is wild. Fighting in the backyards, doing the bare knuckle thing, just being a ha- just just being a happy go lucky guy who just keeps winning fights and has struggled to get opportunities. And now he's at least getting a like a pretty highly ranked guy compared to some of the other dudes he's fought. I'd probably go in that direction. But like I said, this is this is an us card. This is an us card. All of us in this room. This is the kind of card that we're going to truly enjoy. It's not a casual card. Especially if, if you're on the East Coast. What East Coasters, gonna, for the most part, outside of big fans, are going to wake up at 5 a.m. to watch this card? Not many. But we all will. Because this is what we love, and it's good. It's a good card. Even the prelims are good. Even the prelims are very solid. Like Chidi and Jokowani versus Mikhail Zaychuk is is freaking insane. Kazama and Armfield is gonna be super fun, but the casuals aren't. Gonna, the casual audience isn't gonna care about that. This is an us card with a sprinkle of casual appeal. But yeah, if it's not Max and Zombie, I'm probably pushing Bruce Lee Roy to them. Uh, Terrence, hello. Terrence, are you hello? there? Yep, I got you. Now. All right, cool, cool. Sorry, I'm driving. Um, so I had a question. I don't know. I haven't been listening a few days, so sorry about that. Um, so I don't know if you talked about this already, but Clarissa Shields and um, Savannah Marshall just signed to the PFL, which I think is great. The rivalry could be settled there potentially, but it had me thinking, and, and I know this won't happen. But if USC actually got Zufa boxing on the ground, like for me, um, if they had like Whaley versus Rose rematch in boxing, or um, Pereira versus Izzy rematch in boxing for like a third sport type thing, um, that would be great. I just wanted to know what would be your ideal. Uh, for two MMA fighters that have fought already uh, to fight in the boxing rules and your thoughts on them signing all these great um, boxers over to MMA. That's all I have. Thank you. Mm. I mean, after the game, after the, the game bread card in Milwaukee, I thought, 
they I thought the UFC was going to kind of look at that and be like, okay, we could do that way better than they can. And then, like, that was going to be kind of the blueprint for Zufa Boxing. But I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think Zufa Boxing, outside of a T-shirt, is ever going to be a thing. I just don't. So, yeah, it's going to be it, – all those fights you mentioned, sure. There's another rematch I'd like to see in boxing. Rob fought Adrian Giannis in a boxing match. It'd be super fun to watch. There, there's, there's a lot of different ones. Tiago Moises I would love to see in boxing because I think he doesn't get enough credit for how good his boxing is and how good he is defensively. I think he'd do really well. But it, it would it'd be pretty cool. As far as the PFL signing Savannah Marshall and stuff like cool, that, that did nothing for me. And it's not like I'm not saying this to be disrespectful. Like, I just don't care. I don't care that Jake Paul's over there. Like, we did the Clarissa Shields thing and it wasn't good. I just, like, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what this does. This does 10 minutes of reaction, and then we're on with the rest of our day. That's what all these signings are. Like, I don't understand what they are doing. You have a chance, like, you have this chance, and people are, like, buying into it. And people are buying into the naivety that you are that you are providing people that you are giving to people, and instead of going after some of these huge free, it's still instead of giving Derek Lewis an offer he couldn't refuse, you sign Savannah Marshall. Like, it's a cool thing to like have a fight. Like, oh, we're gonna do close for Savannah Marshall, like in a in an MMA fight. Like, cool. And then what? Then what's gonna happen? I just don't get it. I, I don't get it. I mean, good for Savannah. If she really wants to fight MMA, like this is her dream, I would have been an MMA fighter, then cool. If they're giving her a bunch of money, awesome. That's great. I'm happy for that. But as a promotion, this is yet, to me, another thing on a long list of what the hell are you doing decisions. You're about to potentially merge with Bellator and like this is I don't know I don't know like does that like am I crazy am I nuts about this that this news to me was just like why what are we doing here this is any like this is any boxer like outside of Gervonta Davis or Tyson Fury or like the biggest names of the biggest like even when Amanda Serrano like announced you signed like cool but did that, did that news, like, turn the sport upside down? No. Not even a little. But now we're just going to become, like, the boxer-turned-MMA fighter promotion. I don't know. I just – I don't know what PFL is doing. I don't. And I – much like I talk about Bellator, I want PFL to be good. Like, I really want them to be good. And when they have a night where – Clay Collard and Shane Burgos beat the hell out of each other, and people are like, wow, that's cool. Like, that's good. That's good stuff. But then, like, the next three days, they always make, like, just terrible decisions. I don't know what they're doing. I have no idea what their end game is. And the more I hear Jed talk about 
PFL being a tech company, they just want to build this thing up and then sell it to the highest bidder. Like, I kind of feel like that might be the case because none of this makes sense. None of this makes sense. This first pay-per-view in 2024 better be a banger and it better be one of the best pay-per-views we've ever seen on paper or I just don't know how much longer they can last. Their cards are fine. It ended good last night, but for the most part, it is a chore to watch the PFL, and it should never be like that to watch MMA. So I don't know how to react to those decisions because I just don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. Like, no one was clamoring for this at all. Four Corner Sports, hello. Hey, Mike. I think PFL has a lot of issues that they need to work on. I believe it's the the Larissa Pacheco fight that I um, I actually ended up watching the, the whole card. I think the card started at 6. I felt like the card didn't end until like almost midnight. And I was like, wow, this is so slow-paced. And I know you always talk about it, but it's just like it needs to get addressed. That may be like one of the one major things I would love for PFL to get addressed is the pacing because – the way I'm not saying they should do it the way that Bellator does it, like exactly, but at least speed it up. Like, we, I don't want to be feeling like I'm watching almost two days worth of um, PFL fights, you know, when it's supposed to be only for a couple hours. Um, I did want to ask about um, the Ryan Svan Anthony Smith feud, if you haven't talked about it. I don't un- understand exactly what was, the, um, was their big dilemma with one another. And I remember watching the first fight that they had and um what was it smith ended up getting a triangle choke um forcing um what's the called span to tap out and then he kept on yelling at, at span like as he was like hovering over him saying uh, put some respect in my damn name i don't remember exactly why they have beef with one another but going into this fight i think this is the co-main event um how do you feel like that fight's gonna play out and uh, we are having the return of Giga. Uh, Giga hasn't fought since, uh, I think, he fought Calvin Cater. And I'm just really wondering how he also um, fights against uh, Alex Caceres. I'm favoring Giga just because I feel like Giga is the more talented fighter as opposed to Alex. I feel like whenever Alex Caceres fights anybody that's inside the top 10, he always takes two steps back. He's always good to to be like that gatekeeper at top 15. But as soon as you get into like... 11 to 8 range, that's when Alex Caceres ends up uh, falling back and not being able to get a win. All right, that's all i got to say. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, PFL has a ton of issues. I've talked about them a million times here, so I need to really dive into them, but they're just, oh, like, they're just fine. Like, but, they, but they truly believe they have changed the game. Like, the, you can see it. You can see it when their executives do interviews and, and how some of them tweet. They feel like they have changed MMA forever, that they are knocking on the door of the UFC. The UFC has lapped them going around the world seven times. They are nowhere near the UFC. They're like, the UFC is like in today, and PFL is like when dinosaurs existed. That's how far away they are from getting anywhere near the UFC. And I want them to do better, but it's just, they are so naive. They are so naive. We have this new concept, and we're on ESPN, and we do this and we do that, but we're better than them. We're the different. We're, we're, we're different. And, yeah, you are different, but you make the same mistakes. And watching a PFL card just – it takes years off my life. It takes years off my life. 
the Pacheco card. They it was like two hours to get through two fights. That that should never happen. That should never happen. Hopefully they tighten things up in 2024. I fit and, and they they had a pretty rough year last year too, but then they had the pay-per-view and like people forget that last year's PFL regular season and the playoffs were not good. They were tough. But then they had the pay-per-view, and the pay-per-views ended up being really good, and we got the big upset at the end, and we got some cool finishes to win the titles and all that. Like, that's great. And they got some really good buzz coming off of that. But people forget what happens the 10 months prior to that, where it was just like an okay promotion, and the same pacing issues were happening. And they kept saying these different things. Like, they've had a decent year this year. They signed Francis. That's great. They signed Jake Paul. That's great. But to feel like, I don't know, I kind of just feel like they feel like they've won already. Even if they merge with Bellator, like how much of a, of a change is this going to be? It's just going to be more confusing. There's just more questions. Are we going to do two promotions? Or are we going to do one promotion? How are they going to service all of these fighters? How, is, how are they going to do this? So I have no idea what's going to happen with them. But hats off to Collard and Burgos. They beat the hell out of each other last night, and it was a great fight. And Clay Collard is quietly becoming one of the most exciting fighters in the sport. And you know what? He's been one of the most exciting fighters in the sport for years and years, for almost a decade. And he doesn't get the credit that he deserves. But I think that fight last night opened up some more people's eyes, which is pretty damn cool, which is pretty damn cool. Uh, the Ryan Span Anthony Smith fight. I just feel like it's gonna be a really bad night for Anthony Smith. I don't know why. I did not like at all what I saw in the Johnny Walker fight. Not even a little. I'm surprised Ryan Span is a minus one thirty favorite. I would. I don't know. I just. I, I just feel like Ryan Span should be a much bigger favorite based off that last fight. But. I don't know. I feel like Ryan's just going to run him over. And I'm not saying this to be disrespectful. I just feel like Anthony's best days are behind him, and he has not looked very good in there as of late. Ryan's coming off of a Ryan's coming off of a tough loss in his last fight, but man, it's just it's, I don't know why this fight's happening. I really don't know why this fight's happening. What are the odds on the Bruce Leroy fight? Giga's a minus 240 favor. Wow. A lot of faith in Giga after the long layoff. I feel like there's value on Alex Caceres. I, I, I really like what I've seen from, from Bruce Leroy. And Giga's a striking machine. Like Giga can crack. Very good striker. He, I'm sure he's... Worked on his grappling a bunch. He's got pretty decent takedown defense. But I don't know, man. I, I feel like Bruce Leroy is just getting completely counted out here. Bruce is the more exp- – I keep calling him Bruce, but I can't call him anything else. Alex is clearly the more experienced. Like, I know Giga's got a million kickboxing fights, but when it comes to MMA, like, Caceres has been in there with, with everybody, man. 
He's just fought way better guys than Giga has. He's been doing this thing for in the in, and this is just in the UFC for 13 years since being on the Ultimate Fighter. Look at this guy has fought. Michael Johnson. And I'm not talking 2023 Michael Johnson. I'm talking 2010 Michael Johnson. Chung Ho Kang, who's still in the UFC. Sergio Pettis. Beat him. Fought Uriah Faber. Yair Rodriguez. Jason Knight. Crone Gracie. The list goes on and on. Like He's fought everybody. Sadiq Youssef. Daniel Pineda. He's fought all these guys. And that's just like the tip of the iceberg. I feel like he's getting completely overlooked in this card. Completely overlooked. And it would not shock me in the slightest if he beats Giga Chikadze. So I think it's a good fight. Like, Has he been in spots before and hasn't come through? Sure. That was a long time ago, though. Since the Crone Gracie loss, he's looked pretty damn good. He's looked pretty damn good. That Daniel Pineda fight was insane. And Daniel's a good fighter. Daniel's a top 18 to 20 featherweight. And that fight was, was super fun. He went out there and finished Julian Arosa. How many people have gone out and finished Julian Arosa since he got back to the UFC? Doesn't happen that often. Julian's been one of those guys that's been his durability has been the key to his his success. He got he kicked Julian Arosa in the face and finished him. Don't sleep on Bruce Leroy, man. He's real good. He's real good. All right. Last call. Actually, no. There is no last call because I got to go. Uh, very busy day, my friends. Very busy day. Uh, shout out. Shout out to Meyer Buena Silva. I got to talk to her yesterday uh, reacting to her revelation that she failed a drug test. Kind of a situation where a lot of people were saying this is a, oh, well, she's got to serve her USADA suspension. There is no USADA suspension. USADA is not the one that flagged her. It's Nevada that has flagged her. Uh, our conversation, UFC kind of is cool with it. Uh, USADA is cool with it, according to Myra. I did reach out to Jeff Davitsky yesterday. He has not returned any of my messages. That's fine. He's a very busy man. He's got a lot of fighters to, to look out for when it comes to all of this. Uh, but we're going to find out the truth today. She says it's an ADHD medication. She, her name is on the docket for the commission meeting today, which goes off at noon Eastern which will be right in the middle of BTL. We'll obviously tell you what happens. We're going to try to record it, and BTL is going to be like a Q&A episode. So we'll fill you in on what happens with all that. But a lot of people just, just killing Meyer Buena Silva. And I guess like my question to all those people is, and look, I could, be the, I could be the one naive right now. I could be the one naive. Why would she just make that up? Why would she make this up when she knows all this is going public on Thursday? Why would she just make that up? She looks like, I mean, she'd look terrible if, if it's like, no, no, it wasn't this. And the commission says, no, she popped for like all these different things. Then she's going to look foolish in all of this. 
But I guess, like, my advice to fans these days, and this is something we talked about earlier, due diligence, due process. See how it plays out. Commission says it's an AGHG medication. She might not even get suspended. We don't even know. So before you, you, you pass judgment and you, you throw your takes out there, let's get the whole story first. That's all I'll say. And like I said, maybe I'm naive, but maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I, could, I, maybe I, I believe what Myra's te- saying. And based on past incidents with other fighters that have gotten cleared and overturned, this seems like it could be one of them. She might get suspended, but that doesn't mean she cheated. So let's just kind of wait and see what happens and, and wait to see everybody has to say. So uh, BTL 1230 Eastern. Keep it locked on MMAfighting.com. We got you covered with all the news with, with the commission hearing and, and everything when it comes to Meyer Buena Silva. So thank you all very much. We'll be back tomorrow, normal time, 10 a.m. Eastern. We'll do a free-for-all Friday, all that fun stuff. Until then, everybody. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and as always, have a heck of a morning. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts.